most people who are lifelong Saints fans, there's just a, I think there are very few things that's more fun or more of a this is us as Saints fans as reliving the history, the good and the bad, but especially the bad for, right. you know, it's, sure. and especially when it, like, it comes from the draft, like, there's just, it's crazy, like, Saints fans talking about, we picked a kicker in 19, you know, in the first round, and he was a bust, you know. It's part of, like, the badge of courage of being a Saints fan, you know. And so um, just living through all those and living through all the John Meekham years before you were around and then, and, you know, how they matured into a very well-respected franchise. I think that's all part of it. So, you know, I'm a history guy. You're a history guy. To me, you cannot, you can't possibly understand what the last 15 years have been like or about or really appreciate them unless you understand what happened prior to Tom Benson taking over to 80, in 85 and, and since then. You just can't. For me, I might be biased, but like I, I find that there's no better Saints historian than you. And and that's probably because we're friends, first of all. But secondly, like I've been listening to your show for all these years and reading your stuff in the paper. I mean, I grew up reading your stuff in the paper and listening to your radio show. And the things that you say historically about the Saints are just like, it's my favorite part of watching and listening and reading your stuff. So that's why this idea was kind of unique because people do Saints podcasts. They talk about, you know, third down on in week four. There's a ton of those out there. Yeah. But this one's going to be a little bit different because you have this weird knack to be able to draw back without having to look stuff up. Just be like, this happened on this day. They scored this amount of points and, and things like that. So I just find that fascinating. So... This episode is going to coincide with the draft, and so we're just going to go through some history of the Saints draft picks. Now, my first question I wanted to ask you was, what's the first draft pick that you remember, that you you were either watching the draft or maybe the draft wasn't televised back then, but you just remember, just I remember the Saints drafting this guy. Uh, I'd have to go back and look, but when you first said that, the, the thing that I think the answer to that question is Chuck Muncie. Now, I was 10 years old. And back then, you know, there wasn't a lot of draft cut. Like, the real big draft coverage started in the mid-'80s, early to mid-'80s. It started to where, you know, ESPN was there. and they. But even in the early-'80s, like, the draft was in the morning, if I remember. It wasn't like like it is now. Yeah, I mean, no it prime was, time or anything. Yeah, like. it was, and not even prime time. It wasn't even on the weekend. It was like on a weekday morning. You know, it's like it wasn't considered a big deal back then. But no, the one I remember it so much um, that the 76 draft because, well, two things. One, you know, I was 10 years old. The Saints were not good back then. And the year before, I've always been someone who didn't pull for Alabama. I'm, I'm kind of not a guy who pulls for the, the powerhouse. The unless, team of the day. Unless yeah. it's unless it's my – like, I, right. I grew up a Laker fan. The Lakers have been a powerhouse, so I still pull for the Lakers. I'm not a huge Laker fan anymore. But unless it's my team, like, I hope one day the Astros and the <laughs> Saints become an Astros for the last four or five years, and the Saints have been very good. Sure. So, yeah, they're considered powers, so I like them if it suits me. But I never did pull for Alabama. So I remember there was a Monday night game. Missouri was playing Alabama. And Missouri beat Alabama. So I figured they're good people, you know, if they beat Alabama. <laughs> so the running back from Missouri was a guy named Tony Galbraith. So in 1976, 
In the first round, the Saints picked Chuck Muncie, this unbelievably athletic running back. From Cal. Uh, from Cal. I mean, he was huge. Now, and he wore number 42. And then in the second round, they drafted Tony Galbraith, the guy from... So Missouri. to this day, if you ask me, who is your favorite Saints football player ever? My name would be... My answer would be Tony Galbraith. Wow. Because I just... I just, I've always liked, you know, fullbacks, tight ends, uh, safeties. But but no, Tony Galperth was a guy who could catch it. He could run, he could be a feature back for a little, you know, if you needed him to be. Yeah. He even kicked once. And the, uh, there was a game, like his second or third year, where the Saints had uh, kickers and and they needed it, and he missed it. But he they I think he made one extra point, and missed the other one. But he came in and and. He was like the emergency kicker, like the third or fourth catcher on a baseball team. Right, right. He was the guy. They didn't have a kicker, so Tony Galbraith kicked. You know, not that he knew anything about kicking, but he was athletic enough to do it. What do you remember about Chuck Muncie? Oh, he was just so humongous. He was he was the guy that if you just wish that some of those teams had the offensive direction that they have now under Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. Like, some people hate Archie Manning and think he's very overrated. But if you ever go back and watch any of them games, their offensive play calling was terrible. They just, they didn't have a, it's like, it, there was no rhyme or reason to what they were doing to me. Was that personnel, you think? or I think it was coaching. Yeah, I just don't think it was advanced enough. You know, I hate the team I call the Cheaters, the 49ers. Right. But they brought a style of football in the early 80s that gave them, one, a huge advantage because it, it worked and it's still kind of a lot of those principles are still being used today. Definitely. But if the Saints knew now and all the concepts that they did back then with those two backs, I mean, they should have won. Now, look, they were good now. Mm-hmm. A couple years into there, you know, you looked at the Pro Bowl roster. Archie was on it. He was the NFC Offensive Player of the Year. Muncie and Wes Chandler, who's was just fabulous. And uh, Henry Charles was a tight end, and they had Myers on defense. But, I mean, like, they had four really prime Saints offensive players on the NFC as starters in the the Pro Bowl. So it wasn't that they never did anything, but they never reached their full potential. Just be Well, the other thing is that was a bad era, like, with a lot of drug use, Mm -hmm. you know, in the 70s and early 80s. And that was one of the things that destroyed, made that, 1980 team, a 1-15 team, just because there there just wasn't the discipline off the field that they had now. But, no, he was huge. He could run. And then, of course, him and Wes Chandler both ended up going to the Chargers with that Dan Fouts high-powered offense, Eric Coriel, and they did some very good things. I mean, they had their better best years in San Diego. But, you know, you could see when they were here, they were enormously talented. I want to talk a little bit about Archie, but I, I want to break down the, the 76 draft for the Saints so far since we started with 76. Chuck Muncie went to Cal. He was the first-round pick. Tony Galbraith, he said, went to Missouri. Second-round pick. Third-round, Bob Simmons, who went to Texas. Remember anything about him? No, I don't think he ever did anything. Tinker Owens Tinker played. Owens, fourth round special, special teams guy and, a, and a, you know, a backup receiver. He, he, he was a pretty good player. Scott Parrish didn't do anything. Terry Steve, you know, one of the things that we, we might get to today – if I had to say the worst draft, now I'm not talking about like round 16 that doesn't right, exist right. anymore. Of the seven rounds that it exists now, by far the least successful Saint has been the sixth round. Like there's been way more seventh round picks that have done things than sixth round picks. But at least this guy, Terry Steed, that they drafted in the sixth round, 
he was one that actually was, you know, was a pretty good player. They ended up trading him, uh, but he was at least made the team and was a pretty good player. But almost every six-round pick in the history of this franchise has been bad. It's weird. Like, there's a there's two or three exceptions, but it's weird how they've done. Like, they've done better in the 12th round. We'll talk about that a, late, a little later. They've done way better in the 12th round, which is double the number wow. than they did in, in the sixth round. And the 12th round doesn't even exist anymore. Um, Ed Bauer, guard from Notre Dame. Don't know anything, anything about him. Craig, Craig Cassidy, Cassidy from Ohio State. Might have made it for a little while, but really nothing. Uh, Warren Five for nothing. Junior. I mean, again, you go down this and not one other player on that entire team ever made an impact for the Saints. Right. There was another one I remember looking at. The draft right before that. And you wonder why teams struggle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 1975. They had two first-round picks. The first one was Larry Burton, completely horrible. He was a track guy who didn't know anything about playing football. I don't know, you were younger, but you probably remember Archie Manning used to be an announcer for the Saints. Oh, he yeah, would do definitely. the preseason games. Right. He would tell stories about Larry Burton. Just fast, had no business. You know how, you know, I'm not the biggest track and field guy. So I'll say, well, what good does it do? If you're fast, if you can't catch the ball, or or you fumble the football, yeah. kind of jokingly, yeah, yeah. you know. But it kind of was true with Larry Burton. Like, it didn't do any good that he had world-class speed because he couldn't catch. Then the, their second first-round pick was Kurt Schumacher. He was a little bitty guard center. Terrible. I mean, just terrible. Then the third, then the second round, they picked Lee Gross, a, a center. They had two first, they had a second-round pick and two first-round picks. Two, three pretty high picks. Sure. They drafted a guard who was terrible and a center who was terrible. Think about that. A guard and a center. Yeah, that's pretty bad. And, and, and they were both terrible. None. They never did anything. Then their third round pick was Andrew Jones, who never did anything. Fourth round pick was Lloyd Grooms. Now, he was good. Now, what they actually had, that was, they had two third round picks. Oh, that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Two third round Lois picks. Grooms You're correct. Round pick. So, Lloyd Grooms was good. Now, he, he came a defensive end. Every time I think of Lloyd Grooms, I think of... Uh, I think it was 1979. Saints were playing the Redskins. So to kind of make a long story short, I was always a Saints fan. But my second favorite team then was was the Cowboys because as a kid, I hated the Vikings. And I hated Fran Tark. And I can remember them just crushing the Saints. And I hated them. And a couple of years before that, Jim Merlo picked off a pass, ran it back for a touchdown against Minnesota. I was all excited. You know, I was a kid. Sure. And and they called it back with an inadvertent whistle. I'm like, what is this inadvertent whistle stuff here? <laughs> I mean, Jim Merlo picks off that punk Fran Tarkin, and I hated Fran Tarkin. He used to be on a show called That's Incredible. When he would, when his stupid face would show up there, I was like, get off the screen. But anyway, because I like kind of didn't like the Redskins, because I kind of like the Cowboys. Once, once. Roger Staubach hit that Hail Mary in 75 to beat the Vikings. Kind of like the Alabama. I figured they were good people if they, <laughs> if they made Fran Tarkin and Gronk. Right. So, right. so I kind of like that. So I didn't like the Redskins. So 79, the Cowboys, I mean, the Saints are playing at RFK. Redskins were about to come back and maybe win the game. And it looks like they, the Saints were going to blow a yet another one. And Alois Grooms had to sack Joe Thiesman right at the end of the game <laughs> in the last minute and, and secured the victory. You didn't like that victory as much as I did, but <laughs> no, I love that no, victory. No, not quite. Not Every quite. time I hear the name or see the name of Lloyd's Groom, I think of that sack of Thiesman and, and, and getting the victory. But the point about after that is the fourth round pick did nothing. The, the other fourth round pick didn't do anything. Mike Lemon in the sixth round didn't do anything. Steve Rod. Now, Mike Strong 
was a running back who also had a lot of drug issues. Iowa State. He was a ninth-round pick, and he made the team and had some pretty good games. I didn't have, like, this long, illustrious career. But I remember he had a game at Cleveland where he rushed for, we'd have to look it up, over 100 yards. I mean, he was, that was a ninth-round pick. Not a lot of around, you know, talk about him. But he actually made the team and had some good games. But no one else. I mean, can you imagine having, what is this? 17, 18 picks in that draft and getting two that were any good. Yeah. And that's why you're terrible because they just didn't have any idea what they were doing in the draft. And that's why this is so important. What about this Steve Rogers guy from LSU? I know you were a little young then, but he went to LSU. Like, do you remember anything about Steve Rogers? I mean, I've never even heard the name. I mean, I've heard, you know, again, I I wasn't, I started watching LSU football uh, probably right around this time, you know, Carlos Carson, and, and I saw some LSU football before that, but I, I don't know a great deal about him. I certainly know the name, but I, I couldn't tell you anything about his career at LSU. The Saints have such a bizarre history with LSU players, and it seems like there's a bias. I mean, do you think there's a some sort of reason why they don't draft LSU players? I mean, it's just... it's, it's- Well, and that's a recent thing, because they, they had LSU players in the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. and um, some people think it was... That I've heard the theory that Sean Payton and the Saints just didn't have a lot of respect for Les Miles. Because remember, when Sean Payton took over, that was right around absolutely when they were making the transition from Nick Saban Correct. to to uh, Les Miles. And you know, I always supported Les Miles because I've never been a fan of Nick Saban when he was at LSU or at Alabama. But now you can kind of see well maybe. They had a point. <laughs> I mean, you can make that argument. Maybe he was on to something. They had a point. Yeah, maybe Sean was on for, uh, to something. So I, I don't, um, you know, I don't know. But no, there were some, you know, they had Dalton Hilliard and Eric Martin. And, you know, not all the LSU players were good. They had Borderline. Oh, he was terrible. But um, but no, I, I think that I think that's a recent thing. That doesn't, that's not right. a historical thing with the LSU. Archie Manning, 1971, first round pick quarterbacks they don't really take saints don't really take quarterbacks in the first round he's the only one right the saints have only taken two quarterbacks in the first three rounds in the history of the franchise so it's funny when people call me now like the saints are gonna pick a quarterback right (laughs) and i hear people talking in the national the saints are gonna trade up to get one of these quarterbacks like (laughs) and you know the first one was archie right they didn't draft another quarterback in the first three rounds until Gary Grace in 2015, which was just a wasted pick. Right. You know, just wasted. Listen to these, listen to this group of people <laughs> that the Saints have drafted at quarterback. And the people want me to, they want me to entertain the right. concept of drafting a quarterback. Right, right. Ronnie Lee South. <laughs> I mean, some of these names just make you laugh. This cat. In 1968, they drafted Ronnie Lee South out of, out of Arkansas, bus. Now, in 69, they drafted Ed Hargett. I mean, the cat didn't even know how to spell his name. He spells Ed, E-D-D, with two Ds. Texas A&M. He was from Texas A&M. He played on the team, at least. Okay. So he at least made the team. Okay. Steve Ramsey, no. Now, the other guy, in 1970, they drafted um, Bobby Scott. Okay. Or was that in 71, the same draft as Archie, maybe? Right around 70 or 71. Bobby Scott was in 71 in the 14th round. They drafted Bobby Scott, which there's some some names you say and you just laugh. Every time I say Bobby Scott's name, I have to laugh. He was short 
and slow and squatty, that which is what you wanted in your quarterback, apparently. Short, <laughs> squatty guy. And, you know, he, he did play some. He had a great game against uh, the year Archie was out for the for pretty much the whole year. He had a great game at, at St. Louis, as I remember. But Bobby Scott was just a no-talent. I mean, he made the team, but he was a no-talent backup quarterback. They drafted this quarterback from Tulane, Rusty LaShawls. I don't know how he pronounces his name, but that's how I pronounce it. <laughs> it looks like LaShawls. LaShawls. I mean, he, you know, nothing. Larry Sippel was terrible. He was a third string. He made the team. He was a third string quarterback, but he never played. Greg Kokel, Mike Rucker. Now, Mike Buck in the sixth round, that was pro- you probably had in 1990. Do you have memory of Mike Buck? So the only thing I remember about Mike Buck is that for a couple games, and it, it might have been more than that, but I was really young. But he would just come in to launch the ball. Yes. That, he, they would bring Mike Buck in, and he would just throw the ball a million yards. So it was, it was Bobby Bear and Johnny Fork, uh, John Forkate and those teams. But Mike Buck would come in and just throw the ball 100 yards. He, he would. So there was a brief period there where we kind of were under the delusion that Mike Buck might have a future. <laughs> so Because he had that strong arm that right. you're talking about. Right, right. So you had Mike Buck, who was a six-round pick out of Maine. Not good. A couple years later, they drafted Doug Nussmeyer, whose son is at LSU right now. Yep. I hate left-handed quarterbacks, so right. I didn't really like him. But he was a um, not a high pick, but a fourth-round pick. But 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 never really thought he was going to do much. He played a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. Then they drafted Danny Werfel. I the minute him. you drafted him, like you're, you're like, this guy has no chance. So like, did you really think that? Be because, again, I was a little bit younger. But, boy, I, I thought that that was a really good pick, especially where they got him late in that draft. Well, they were, we were so quarterback starved. You see, some people, many, many Saints fans just absolutely hate Aaron Brooks. But from 1993 to 2000, it was not a good quarterback situation really for the Saints. It was right. bad. So right. I appreciate what Aaron Brooks did for the Saints. But, no, I, I know I didn't think. If we had to go look at those drafts by Mike Dickin, maybe we'll do that later in the show. It was unbelievable how bad they were. Like, yeah. he was, he just had no concept of what... This was like 1950s and 60s football he was drafting to, really. These guys were slow mm-hmm. and undersized. And he and he was he was doing it on heart and character. And you got to have heart and character, but, you know, you got to have size and speed, too. But anyway, you know, the best quarterback that the Saints ever drafted other than Archie was in 2000 with the new regime the first year that we didn't have to put up with Mike Ditka anymore they drafted in the sixth round one of the very few good sixth rounder Mark Bulger mm-hmm. who didn't do anything for the Saints All right. back then I was covering training camps and I can remember uh, you know uh, Aaron Brooks was there and Jake and Mark Bulger and they used to do these little in between, they would do. They would have like a trash can in the corner of the field, and each one of them would try to throw it in the trash can. And Mark Bulger did it a lot. Like you could tell, man, this guy Bulger might be pretty. And they ended up having a pretty good run for the Rams. Right. You know, went to the Rams and had some nice seasons for a while there. They thought he was going to be really good. And I can remember the game when he came. He beat the Saints once, which was kind of hard for the Rams. Hard to, but really. All these other quarterbacks, they, they never drafted another good quarterback. Mark Bulger's the only one that ever did anything in the right. NFL. Two-time Pro Bowler. Mark, Mark you know, Bulger. the one exception to that, and it's not really an exception because I don't consider the supplemental draft the NFL draft, but they did draft Dave Wilson in, in as part of the supplemental draft, which 
kind of like the Rule 5 thing. It's just kind of this weird thing that the NFL does. But he was a first-round pick in the supplemental draft one year with about 80, 80 or 81 right in there. And he was now, you know, people who were Saints fans back then don't have a real high opinion of Dave Wilson. He, he, he you know, at the time, they had just traded Archie and you were thinking, you know, this guy could maybe be the future. Right. And he was disappointing. But in 1987, first Saints winning season ever, first playoff season ever. They were in the middle. It was towards the end of their little nine-game winning streak to end the season. They were playing the Bengals on the road. They were down, if I remember right, 24-7 to at the half. And they at the time, they had won like six or seven games in a row. We were all excited, obviously. And... Avery was not doing well, and they put Dave Wilson in, and he won the game for us. So, again, we can be negative and say right. that Dave Wilson was a total bust, but he came off the bench and helped us win that game against the Bengals. Had a great second half. Let's move ahead a little bit, unless there's any really specific uh, players you want to talk about. But I wanted to get to remember the first draft pick that I ever the Saints pick was Willie Rofe. I was 12 years old, and it looks like he is the only Hall of Famer that was drafted in the first round. Willie Rofe, Louisiana Tech. I mean, do you remember anything about him coming out of college when they drafted him? Were you excited? Did you think he was generational as he ended up being? Well, I didn't know he would be that good. He just looked so athletic. I remember that. He looked very athletic. And, you know, one of the things that I have here that we can get on later is if you look at at each position, what was the best draft pick the Saints ever made at that position? And I guess best is relative to what round they were picked in, you could argue. Right. The value. Uh, the value. But it you you I mean if you said William Rofe, the best offensive tackle ever drafted, that it would be hard to argue with. Right. Him. But the good thing about it, that's also a position the Saints have done very well yes. at over the years. You know, Stan Brock, I hated him. He was a jerk to interview. Right. One of these guys that hated the media, and then he became part of the media when his career was over. But anyway, but he was good. I mean, they drafted him in 1980, and he started for like 12 years or something, you know, with the mm-hmm. Saints. He was he was good. Ryan Remchek's pretty good dra- first-round draft pick. Now, that's at the end of the first round. Right. But he was really, you know, I, he, could, he could end up going down. He's, his career is still relatively good. I young. love him. He's great. But he, he could go down as one of the best Saints tackles ever. For sure. You know, I didn't like Kyle Turley, but he was good. I wouldn't put him up there with Ramchek or Rolf probably historically, right. but he was good. He had some really good years. He did. And Taron Armstead. You know, we get frustrated with his, but he's a, with his injuries, but he's good. Yes. He's really good at times. Yes. And he's a third-round pick from Arkansas Pine Bluff, which is where William Rolf was from. There you go. Pine Bluff, Arkansas. And so, you know, that they, that's a good position, but I think you could, you'd have to say Rolf was the best. Now, he didn't play his whole career here, which was unfortunate. Right. But, and he was actually the one great player during that whole era when the Saints didn't have a quarterback. What are some bad picks that you remember? I mean, just the, I mean they've had a bunch. The, the one the one that I remember so vividly is Jonathan Sullivan in 03. That just just because Terrell Suggs was there and that's who I wanted the whole week of leading up to the draft. I wanted Terrell Suggs and then the Saints and they traded up to get. Jonathan. And I was like, "What well, they trading up to get Suggs?" I called my friend. I'm like, "They getting them. They getting them." And they drafted Jonathan Sullivan. That's the one I remember. What are some of those that you remember where you're like, man, why did they draft that guy? Well, there's so many. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we started this with. There's so many. It's one of the great debates among old school Saints fans of all time. What was actually the worst pick ever? Mm -hmm. 
There's a lot of ways to look at this. But I really think, let me look this up here. I really think 1974, I can make the argument, good argument, I think, that the worst Saints first-round pick ever was Rick Middleton. Okay. Okay, so here's why I'm saying that. (laughs) Rick Middleton played at Ohio State. Right. His um, teammate at Ohio State and fellow linebacker was Randy Gratishar. Okay. Now, there are people that believe that Randy Gratishar should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He he probably has the credentials to be. He's not, but but he probably should be. And even if he's not, he's a borderline NFL Hall of Famer. So, you know, it's one thing to make a bad draft pick. Like in 1987, the Saints drafted Sean Knight. He was terrible. But you, you're going to misevaluate sometime. Right. But in 1974, the Saints decided we're going to pick a linebacker in the first round. Okay. They decided, you know what? We're going to pick a linebacker from Ohio State in the first round. Okay. Okay. And they picked the wrong one. Like, if you narrow it down to a position and a school, how can you not pick the right <laughs> one? We're not talking about, like, a long list here. Right. So, they pick Rick Middleton. With the 13th with pick. With the 13th pick. Guess what the 14th pick that year was? Tell me. Randy Gratishar. <laughs> the Denver Broncos pick Randy Gratishar. So, because of, again... <laughs> Rick Middleton played a little. It's not like he was a total bust like Sean Knight in right. that. He he did play some. He didn't make the team and play some. Mm-hmm. But how, to me, that makes the pick worse. Right. That you narrowed it down to a position and a school, and you couldn't get the right one. Randy Gratishar, seven-time Pro Bowler, six-time All-Pro, 1978 Defensive Player of the Year. He's in the Broncos' ring of honor. I mean, yeah, those numbers say Hall oh, of Fame. <laughs> sounds like a Hall of Fame, but don't it? And again, I don't care what he's in the Hall of Fame other than, you know, he probably should be. But he would have helped the Saints a whole lot more than Rick Middleton did. (laughs) All right. The other one that I think is worse than Erkslaven. See, Erkslaven was terrible. But at least you could kind of understand it. Like he was a punter and a kicker. So you were getting two for one kind of thing. And I still remember the little magazine that I bought every year. You know, they had like a little slug for each little team for the team preview. Mm -hmm. And it said, the Saints have kick. Well, it turns out they didn't have kick. (laughs) But but just for the people that don't know who he's talking about, Russell Erksleben, 1979, first round pick, number 11 overall, went to the Saints uh, kicker in the first round. Kicker and punter. Kicker, punter. And he was an okay punter. He was a horrendous kicker in the NFL. But he had kicked a 59-yard field goal at Texas. Now remember, he was one of they were just he was still kicking straight on. Mm. This is this is when the, he was still kicking Long straight on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But he was a pretty good punter. Not a great one, but, but a very famous pick in Saints lore. People like to bring it up when they talk about Absolutely. the old days of the Saints and how horrible the team was. It right. a lot of it gets blamed on when they drafted a punter in the first round. You know. But at like least. Again, he was a kicker and a punter. He had made a 59-yarder. He was going to be kicking indoors. You could kind of see. No one knew who Martin Anderson was. I don't want to talk about him. But right. at the time, no one knew who he was. So, it again, it was an awful pick. But at least I can kind of sort of understand it. And I say that to get to the 1980, was it 85? 
1985 draft, the Saints in the first round picked Alvin Tolles, who was a fullback at Tennessee. Okay. So they drafted a fullback as a linebacker <laughs> in the first round. So see that I cannot understand. Okay. I cannot understand. I cannot. Urchlane was a terrible pick. Sean Knight was a terrible pick. Jonathan Sullivan was a terrible pick. Right. But at least they just misevaluated him. I, I it's hard for me to to live with. I drafted a fullback at linebacker in the first round. Right. Now Alvin Tools again. He made the team. He wasn't like awful. He was like a backup linebacker to special team player for a few years. He didn't make the team. He wasn't like as bad as Sean Knight. But to me, they're just. How, why did you pick that guy? Right. Like, he should not have been picked. Later on in that draft in 85, they took Jack Del Rio in the third round. Yes, and their second-round pick was Darren Gilbert, who started some games and played on the team for a little while. And then in the seventh round, another one of those seventh-round, sixth-round, they picked Eric Martin, who's arguably the best wide receiver the Saints ever had. I right. mean, he was, he was really good. I remember Eric Martin for sure. And then in the eighth round, they picked Joel Colbrand, who wasn't great, but he was one of those – Backup linebacker, valuable special teams guy. He at least was a part of, by the you know, in a few years from there, like a successful winning winning stretch there for the Saints. So he at least contributed. Jack Del Rio was not very good. No, you know, was was not very good. But but no, Alvin told. I got to tell you, I, I really think there's a lot of opinions. Those are not the two worst players because they at least made the team yeah. and played some. Mm-hmm. But I think those are the two worst picks in my mind because of just they didn't make any sense. Right. 1986 draft mm-hmm. that is one of the more underrated drafts in Saint history when we talk about the best drafts ever. I wouldn't put it one or two, but it would be pretty close to the you know, they drafted Dombrowski in the first round, who basically started on the line for about a decade for him. He was really good. Dawn Hilliard in the second round, Ruben Mays. And their other third-round pick was Pat Swilling, who was really good. They had three third-round picks. Their third third third-round pick was Barry Word, who didn't do much for the Saints, but he went on to the Chiefs and had a pretty nice career uh, and did some things. Reggie Sutton was enormously talented uh, from Miami, but once again, drugs. There's too many drugs, and and he didn't get. And Gil Finnerty was a guy in the seventh round, once again, seventh round, as opposed to the sixth round, who made the team kind of a, who's that running back from a small school that a lot of people were high on? He kind of reminded me in the draft one year. I don't know if you remember. Bryce Freeman? No. No, he was from a real small school kind of in the 90s. Anyway, it's not going to come to me. But Gil Finnerty kind of reminded You know, Gil Finnerty had a few nice moments with the Saints for a seventh-round pick. So that was a really good draft. Well, you mentioned uh, Ricky Williams. You mentioned Ditka earlier. Let's let's dig into the Ditka years. Let's dig into some of those picks that he made, starting with the uh, the '97 draft. That's Chris Naoli. Now, Chris Naoli was okay. the best. The two the the two best things or three best things that Ditka did in his three years. To me, the best thing Ditka did during his time, and he probably had nothing to do with this, mm-hmm. but he he signed Sammy Knight as an undrafted free agent. Sammy okay. Knight was. You know, play was really good. Yes, really good. Uh, for a while. Chris Naoli was really good. Now, his best years were in New Orleans. Like a lot of these guys that, you know, kind of a familiar theme here, going yeah. back to Muncie and Chandler and those guys. But his best years were with other teams. But he was, he at least, now at the time, again, though, he was a smaller, kind of tough guy. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like, ooh, look at Chris Naoli. You know, it, it, he just fit into that. 
It just happened to at least be a turn out to be a good player. Second round, Rob Kelly. What are you drafting Rob Kelly in the second round? <laughs> second next second round pick, Jared Tomlich. Undersized, good. not good. Third round, Troy Davis. Small, right. slow. Like that's what you want in an NFL running back. Small and slow. <laughs> And, and then, then they Werfel. drafted Werfel, we already talked about. Now, Keith Poole was short and tiny, right. but he had some moments. He was at least a marginal NFL player. And then Nicky Savoy, another slow. Like, he was he was all about picking these guys that your high school football coach just loves because they fight so hard, yeah. you know. But yeah. that this is not high school football. Right. It was just... Horrendous. That 97 draft, they drafted Danny Werfel in the fourth round. They drafted Troy Davis in the third round. It's the only team ever to draft the Heisman winner and the number two guy in the Heisman in the same draft. And, they, and neither one and of them, they were, they were <laughs> one of them did anything. But as just a fun fact, the Heisman winner and the guy who finished second in the voting, the Saints drafted him in the same draft. Now, the 98 draft, Kyle Turley was a good football player. You know, I didn't really like him too much, but he was a good football player. Cam Cleland had talent. Now, mm-hmm. I'm sure you remember the whole hazing and they hit him in the head with a bag of coins and it right. seemed to mess him up. He probably gave him a concussion. We right. didn't know as much about concussions. You know, and concussions can mess with you Definitely. for a long time. And maybe that did. Now, Fred Weary was a fourth-round pick and he was pretty good. Um, Fred Weary played a role. A couple of the... Uh, Wilmot Perry had a like one or two shining moments, but it wasn't really good. Ron Warner made the team, but he wasn't really good. Uh, Andy McCullough, no. So, I mean, the draft wasn't great, but it was better than than the 97 draft. And then, of course, the next year, you know, they did the old. When that news comes down that they've traded all of those picks for Ricky Williams, I mean, I, I liked Ricky Williams in college. He was a fun guy. He won the Heisman. He, I was really excited, but... You know, I didn't think the Saints would give up as much as they did for him. So I know the type of person that you are, and we didn't know each other at the time. But like, what what's your thought process when you hear that they've given all this up for Ricky? Well, Boyd? I was covering the draft. Okay, I was in the room, not in the draft room, but right. in the little media room, and it was it was just everyone was stunned. What am I watching? It was really it was like what am I watching? <laughs> it was kind of like the feeling you had when. We were on the field, because back then they used to let you in down around the two-minute warning when they lost that infamous game to the Cleveland Browns. Yep. And they, they they caught the Hail Mary right in front of me and Eric. We were covering the game, and it cut right in front of us. And I look at Ditka, and he's just fun. And I'm like, what am I watching? <laughs> what just happened? What a Ditka years were the worst. Really bad years. I mean, you know, in the 70s, they had some really bad years. But, you know, they were kind of supposed to be bad way back then because they didn't take care of – new franchises back then like they did, you know, Jacksonville and the Arnolds and all that. So, you know, they were kind of supposed to be bad. And mm-hmm. plus there was like a funniness to it. It's no longer funny to lose. But back then, you could – you we took it seriously, but, you know, we just – laughing at the Saints was just kind of part of the deal right. back then. But but by that time, we had already went through the, the, the more years where we had won and won 11 and 12 games mm-hmm. and, and – and, you know, was right there seemingly and just couldn't get over the hump. And in the Dicker years, it was just it was just awful. How it much re- do you think that draft set us back? Not all that much. No. I don't think it. And the other thing that that's kind of interesting is you go back and look at all the people that the Redskins picked. Not so much that it didn't. They didn't benefit from it like they should have. They didn't draft very many good players right. in all those picks. Right. 
you know, people talk about the Herschel Walker trade, but the Cowboys drafted great players with those. Yes. Helped them. The, the Redskins, they haven't hardly been good since then. <laughs> right. They didn't been very had very few good years since then. But no, I think the Saints rebounded pretty well from it actually. And they and they got rid of Dick after that. So yeah. yeah. He was good to go. Uh and then the following year, two thousand, Darren Howard, they didn't have a first round pick that year. And that was the year they took Mark Bolger. What did you think about the Hazard years and the way he drafted? Um, I think their most of their drafts were okay. Obviously, you brought up the one awful one, Jonathan <laughs> Sullivan. Yeah. You know, Deuce is one of my favorite Saints ever, and, and he didn't get to play long enough because of injury, but he was pretty good. I was not a big fan of Dante Stallworth. I thought he was a little stiff, but he was an NFL football player. I yeah. mean, he you know, he was he had some moments. Um LaCharles Bentley, he was pretty good. Charles Grant had a nice little run. So I I wouldn't say they were great. Mm-hmm. You know, it was probably one of the more disappointing players from that from that draft was probably Courtney Watson. I don't okay. know if you remember that. He looked like he was going to be a really good player, linebacker. Notre Dame. From Notre Dame. You know, the first round pick that year was Will Smith. Can't argue with Will Smith. Really good. Second round pick was Devery Henderson. Can't argue with that. Yep. Uh, he was, you know, did a, did a, and Mike Corney was picked later, and he had a, some nice years as a fullback. Arizona State. Um, from the Saints, but uh, but Courtney Watson should have been good, mm-hmm. but he was just he didn't do anything. He was terrible. The final year of the Hazard years, Jamal Brown was the first uh, first overall pick, uh, offensive tackle. You didn't like I him didn't at like all. Jamal Brown, and I thought Josh Bullock's was going to be good, and he but yeah, he I, turned out to be a terrible draft. Yeah, that was a really bad draft. You know, back then they were starting to play a lot of those Thursday night football games on on ESPN, and Connecticut was on a lot. And I remember a lot of people who had saw. Connecticut played just because they were football starved and watched middle of the week football. And, and they thought Alfred Fincher was going to be good. Boy, was he terrible. And then Chase Lyman should have been good, but he wasn't. Now, were you excited? Here goes another quarterback, Adrian McPherson. Did you have any thought that he was going to do anything? Adrian McPherson. Kind of. I, I kind of hope. Yeah, I kind of hope that he was going to be one of those guys. You're like, you know what? The Saints, you know, had a steal in this draft and got a Adrian McPherson because I mean he was he was really good in, in college and he just he, he didn't didn't really transfer. Look, at least Jamal Brown played right and started right. for several years. So I mean I I can't really hammer it. Although I wasn't real high on him, but no, I, I really thought Bullocks was going to do something. He didn't do anything, and so in the drafts of mo, you know, they the Saints had in the Peyton era a little bit of a slump there in what. 14, 15, 16. But for the most part, the drafts have been pretty responsible. And, but but no, the Hazlitt drafts had a few hits, but they weren't as bad as the Dicka drafts. Right. At least it made sense what they were doing. It just didn't always work out. The Peyton drafts start with a bang in 06. Is that is that the best one for you, or do you have a better draft than 2006? Well, the best draft in St. History is 1981. And, and, and when we and when we finish this, we can go to that. I mean, that, that's just that was an incredible draft. Okay. Now you had a lot more picks, so it was kind of depends on how you view that, because right. you know they, they had more than they had twelve rounds back then. Let's do eighty one. Let's do eighty one now, and then we'll go to 06 after Okay. Because eighty one was the year I was born. It was also the only number one overall pick in Saints history, and a lot of people forget about this guy, and I'm not sure why they do because he was really good for the Saints. George Rogers from South Carolina won the Heisman. Number one overall pick, the only number one overall pick the Saints have ever had. They were coming off the one in fifteen season, so they had the number one pick, and the number two pick was Lawrence Taylor. And a lot of people have said, made the comment, 
man, can you imagine if the Saints would have had Ricky Jackson and Lawrence Taylor? But I really think if they had drafted Lawrence Taylor, they probably wouldn't have drafted right. Ricky Jackson. So right. I don't know that they would have ever had both. We don't know that. But um, but no, they needed a running back. You know, Bum was the coach. Bum believed he had just left Houston with Earl Campbell. Mm-hmm. So he believed in having a work-harsh running back and, and play defense and run the football. That was pretty prevalent for a lot of winning teams back then. And Bum certainly had that philosophy and you know I don't have the numbers right in front of me but George Rogers rushed for like 1600 yards that year mm-hmm. you know and and he ended up being a you know winning a Super Bowl with the Redskins he didn't have a great career with the with the Saints but he was a great player for a short period of time there and so you can't argue with that so uh, I want to ask you real quick and, and the way the, the way our podcast hopefully will go Hopefully, we'll do a whole episode on George Rogers, and I can ask you a bunch of questions about him. Because I mean, I don't really remember him because I was young. But what do you remember about him in college? Was he everything that he's built to be? Was he like, was he the best player in in the country that year, or was it Lawrence Taylor? Well, he was playing in that same era with with Herschel Walker. Now Herschel was younger than right. him, but Herschel was a huge dynamic back. You know, I don't know that Lawrence Taylor was not like. North Carolina wasn't a major program mm-hmm. back then, right. you know, and you didn't have all the games now on TV that you had back then. You know, you might have had a couple here and there, but it wasn't like a plethora Every game, of games yeah. were on TV. So I don't know That's how many point. people really saw Lawrence Taylor play. That's a good point. And South Carolina was good, but they weren't elite. You know, he was a big back. He looked like he was going to be a workhorse back. I mean, I remember being excited when they drafted him. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't remember thinking – Oh no, they didn't get Lawrence Taylor now. A year into the Lawrence Taylor, you were like, yeah, oh, man, start scratching your head. God, it's pretty good. Right. <laughs> but the other thing that was going on at that time of that draft, number two in the Heisman was Hugh Green. Okay. Who the opposite of the Randy Gratishaw, Rick Middleton pick, Hugh Green was the high profile linebacker from Pitt. Okay. Who finished second in the Heisman voting as a linebacker. And his teammate was Ricky Jackson. So Hugh Green went early, and um, the Saints, in the, with their first second round pick that year, drafted Russell Gary, who was a real a physical safety from Nebraska. Bum was about again running the football, playing defense. So you can see it in this first draft. First overall pick picked a workhorse running back. Second pick picked a safety who was a good player. He had a nice career, but not a great career. But he still, it was a good pick, good solid pick. And then the second first round, second round pick, picked Ricky Jackson, who before Drew Brees was the best player that ever played for the right. Saints. And you could argue he's, you know. Still, he, might still be. You wouldn't argue that. Yeah. But most people would say Drew Brees. But for sure. I mean, Ricky Jackson was a Hall of, he was a great player. Now, he was a little more finesse, not told. He was a great pass rusher, but he could defend. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't as explosive as Ricky, but he just was a football player. Right. Ricky was great. Then in the third round, they drafted Frank Warren. Again, if Frank Warren didn't have drug issues, Frank Warren was really good for a long time as a defensive lineman. So again, now they did draft. In the fourth round, on their next third round pick, they drafted Hobie Brenner, who was slow, but he could block. So he helped, really helped run the football. Right. And... The best tight end that they ever drafted, and that was more other than until Jimmy Graham. In those days, blocking tight ends was, were, were that's, good. That's what you, you wanted. Yeah, you yeah. wanted to block a tight end. Right. He was, and he could catch. I mean, he caught plenty of passes with the Saints. He just didn't do much after the catch. I called him the piano man. He ran like he had a piano on his back, but he could really <laughs> catch. Uh, Lewis Oob in the fifth round played on the offensive line. 
He started some. You could look it up and see, but he wasn't like a great pick, but it was a fifth-round pick that played some. Jerry Boriarski, another fifth-round pick. More of a backup, mm-hmm. but but he played. He made the team. Um, Nate Hudson played some, but very little. Uh, Johnny Poe was a sixth-round pick. Now, Johnny Poe, the year before the Saints drafted Dave Wehmer out of Notre Dame in the second round, and I think he's still the Saints' all-time leader in interceptions, Dave Wehmer. Mm-hmm. So he, he played a long time and did a lot. But, you know, cornerbacks, you know, you, if they get beat, you, it's easy to hate them. Mm-hmm. Johnny Poe was one of the most hated players in Saints history, at least from that era. Uh, he, people hated him. But, inarguably, the greatest victory, in my mind, and breakthrough victory in Saint history, 1987. You know, they're playing in Cheeto Stick Park. And 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 that great victory, you know, early they had the shoulda, woulda, coulda. I'm sure you heard about that loss when Martin Anderson choked on a 50-yard field goal that would have lost, and the Saints lost 24-22. Two, three, four weeks later, whenever it was, right after the um, they had the little scab three-week thing, they went to Cheeto Stick Park and they blocked the field goal, and Johnny Poe picked it up and ran it back for a touchdown. So. To me, that was Johnny Poole's highlight. But but again, still, it was that that's one six-round pick that worked out. Mm-hmm. Johnny Poe, he played for years. He wasn't a great player, but he did play for years. In the ninth round, they picked Tucson Tyler, who wasn't great, but he had some moments. And what a great name. Tucson yeah, Tyler. Great name. Great name. And he had some moments as a running back. And then the tenth round, they picked Hokey Gajon, who for a while there was, was, I mean, I remember this great game he had against Tampa, rushed for 140, 50 yards. I mean, he was good. Right. I mean, that was a great 10th round pick. Yeah. Then in the 12th round, they drafted Jim Wilkes, who started for a decade at defensive tackle, and they yeah. got him in the 12th round. Right. So yeah. when we, if we go down these position things, like defensive line, defensive tackle, there's Derlin Moore, who was a second round pick in 1973, was a really good player in that era. Mm-hmm. You could argue he was the Saints' best player of the 70s, Derlin Moore. You could argue that. So that, that you could certainly say that. But Jim Wilkes, 12th round pick, start for a decade. You could argue that was the best pick ever. Yeah. In yeah. Saint Issue. Value for sure. Yeah. A 12th round pick that's he was an unsung hero kind mm-hmm. of guy. He was a defensive tackle. He wasn't like a Warren Sapp maker, but he was just stopped the run, you know, did his job. You could argue that was the best defensive line pick ever. Uh, you know, Sheldon Rankins was okay, yeah. but not. So far as defensive tackle, it's either Derlin Moore or Jim Wilkes in my mind. Yeah. So so when you look at, you got a runner who's the rookie of the year, rushed for 1,600 yards. You got a good, solid safety. You got a Hall of Famer in Ricky Jackson. You got a, t- you got a defensive lineman that played about a decade and was really good above average defensive lineman you got a safe you got a tight end that played about a decade for you as a starter you got a, a, a you know a cornerback who played a long time he had good moments and bad moments you got a, an offensive lineman that played and was a valuable reserve for a while you got a running back who had a nicer stretch in Hoki Gajan shorter stretch for Tucson Tyler but it, and then you got another defensive lineman that played a decade for you as a starter that's a great draft. Right. And we also remember Hokey Gajan did the uh, color commentating for radio Absolutely. for, for, for all those years. So, yeah, we, we like Hokey's. Uh, no, the, the 81 draft was a good draft. I didn't, I guess I never I really. I think that's was, the best draft ever. It, it sure looks like it's it star-studded. I didn't I didn't really look into the 81 draft all that much. I, I knew that George Rogers, I, I'm a big George Rogers guy just because of Saints history and all that. Yeah. But 
I didn't realize that 81 draft was so good. So. But you know what's really funny about that era? By 1982, Bum was getting a little, you know, a little on the older side. And if you look at the Saints draft that year, they would get to like the eighth round or seventh or eighth round, and they would, and Bum would be like, "These guys aren't good." <laughs> and he would, and, and you saw what he did. He traded his last five picks to the Redskins. He's just like, "We're going home. I'm not staying here and doing all this." He's just, we drafted enough. Like, we're going home. Right. And then in 83, did the same thing. He drafted his last four picks to New England. He's like, we're not, I'm not staying here anymore. <laughs> but why he did that? I don't know. Because his 9th, 10th, and uh, 12th picks in 81 were great. Yeah. <laughs> but the cat just got tired. He said, we're just going to trade the rest of our picks and go home. Can you imagine that? That's crazy. <laughs> so 81's number one for you. 06 is probably number one for me just because it's the one I remember. And it has so many of the of the core guys from the Super Bowl team. So let's kind of break down the 06 draft. Well, the 06 draft was was a great draft. And you could argue, uh, it, you know, some people love the draft from, what was that, 17? And we'll get to that Yeah, we'll next. get to 17 next year. You know, Reggie Bush was what he was. Some people expected Reggie Bush to be Deuce McAllister. Mm-hmm. He was never going to be Deuce McAllister. But I like first downs. Reggie Bush got a lot of first downs for the right, Saints. So right. I'm not going to argue with that pick. Roman Harper was, people thought it was a reach at the time, Roman Harper. And Roman Harper became a one-dimensional player. But he had a leadership about him. And he stuffed the run that was, you know, that's it's important to stop the run to, yes. to win football games. Right. And he was a major part of stopping the run. So I, I got no, other than the fact that he went to Alabama and he looked like he was 40 when he was 20 with his gray hair. <laughs> I got no problems with him. Fourth round, they drafted Jari Evans, who might be the best guard in the franchise's history. Yes. I mean, you most people probably think he is. Yeah, he's up and there. And so you drafted a from Bloomsburg a guard who might be the best in, in, in franchise history at fourth round. In the fifth round, they drafted Rob Nikovich, who, when the Saints had the, the famous return to the game Monday night, Falcons beat Michael Vick, mm-hmm. you know, blocked the punt. Right. It was a dream night. But one thing that did happen in that game is Rob Ninkovich got hurt. In that game, a lot of people don't remember that. He got hurt in that game, left the field. And when he tried to come back the next year, he didn't seem to be – think it didn't seem like he was over the injury mm-hmm. and the Saints got rid of him. And then he went to New England and won all these Super Bowls and became a really good player for them. Yeah. And now he's an announcer at ESPN. So – it was a good draft pick because obviously he had some potential, right. but he got hurt, and I guess the Saints aren't the only franchise that got rid of a an injured player, and then the guy got healthy and did good. Right, you know, had a nice career. But can you imagine it? You know, they would have been pretty. It'd have been pretty nice if he'd have not gotten hurt and had a really nice career. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so that adds to that. Then, you know, Mike Haas was supposed to be good. He wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Josh Lay was not good. And then in the seventh round, there we go again, seventh round versus sixth round, they had two seventh round picks. The first one was Zach Streif, who didn't start for the whole decade, but started here and there. And yeah. then at the end, he ended up starting a lot. So, yeah. I mean, he was a really good pick. And then he was an announcer, like you said, with um, Stan Brock became an announcer and Hoki Gajan became an announcer. And then Marquise Colston. Arguably the best Saints pick ever. Yeah. I mean, you could make that argument. Yeah. Seventh, the second seventh round pick, and just had a fabulous career. And in an era where tos and all these people right. were running their mouth and divas, he was 
never said a word. And this draft ushered in the Peyton era. I mean, with a bang. I mean, you're talking about we're coming back from Katrina year. Things are not looking great. They just signed the broken quarterback from San Diego. We don't know how good he's going to be. And, and then Peyton comes in with this draft, and it's just I mean, every, again, almost, had, almost everyone. Well, first of all, Reggie Bush was Hollywood, and he brought a, a funness about, you know, people were just an excitement. Right. To, to, a, to an otherwise, like you said, dead franchise or the perception was at the time. So let me ask you this. Before the before the trade happened, because the, the Texans, the, not the trade, I'm sorry, the, the Texans came out the night before the draft and said they were going to draft Mario Williams. But everybody thought they were going to draft Reggie Bush. So we had the two pick. Reggie Bush is going to the Texans. What were you thinking at that point? Were you still kind of? I mean, I thought they were going to pick Mario Williams. Yeah. 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 But it ended up with and Reggie Bush. I'm glad. I'd rather. I'm glad the it worked yeah. out. Yes, very. I was glad very way. excited. When Again, Reggie Bush was never going to lead the league in rushing and and score 20 touchdowns, but he gave them. He gave that offense. Man, you I mean don't you have some great memories of Reggie Bush? I mean, remember him just. Remember his rookie year in 2006. It was the first game, and they lost. But it was the first game where I'm like, I think we got some special yeah. here. Yeah. Like. This is not – I remember thinking they lost at Pittsburgh. And I actually saw the game on tape because uh, I was in uh, DeKalb, Mississippi because my, my my wife's grandmother died. But I remember going back and watched the game, and I'm, and he had this – where was – everyone remembers the, 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 high, the famous highlight in the Super Bowl year at Miami where he kind of flew through the air. But he had a very similar kind of play – at Pittsburgh in that loss. Mm-hmm. And they just showed a moxie in that loss. And I remember thinking, we got something special here. But no, man, Reggie just, mm-hmm. he was just so graceful. I loved him. Yeah, I love I loved the Reggie Bush as well. The next year, Robert Meacham in the first round. I still don't understand that. Pick. Yeah, I don't understand it either. I never did understand that pick. I never thought he was any good. But once again, you know, he, he has one of the most infamous plays in Saints history. They're, you know, during the Super Bowl year, they're playing at Washington and they're getting killed. They're really, they got killed in that game. Yeah. They had no business winning that game. Right. Brees threw an awful pick and he goes and steals the ball and runs it in for a right. touchdown. And so he didn't have a great career. I don't think he, I think it was a bad draft pick. They should not have picked him, mm-hmm. but he had a, he was responsible for one of the most infamous plays in Saints history. Were you playing fantasy football at that time? Oh, absolutely. Because that was not. Robert Meacham didn't get credit for that because yeah. it was a fumble. Yeah. It was a fumble recovery. So but, you know, points. that draft was not good. You know, Antonio Pittman, they drafted in the fourth round, and they ended up, you know, they undrafted free agent named Pierre Thomas ended up playing a huge role for mm-hmm. the Saints in Saints history. Pittman was a complete bust. The only good pick they had that whole draft, I mean, Osama Young made the team, but he wasn't good. Yeah. Um, Jermon Bushrod, you know, he ended up, you, you know, you're talking about a fourth round pick. And, you know, he, he was pretty good. Right. 2011, before we get to the, the one we want to talk about, but 2011, uh, the back-to-back first-round picks, uh, Cam Jordan, not back-to-back, but Cam Jordan and Mark Ingram, what did you think about trading up to get Ingram there? Well, I thought it was a desperation move. And I, and, and I always thought the reason why they did that was the previous year, if you remember, was the medicine season after the Super Bowl. And they went to Seattle, and they had no running backs. They were picking running backs off the street. Right. Who they get Julius Jones, and he was just kind of forced into it. Because they were caught without any running backs because mm-hmm. of injury, 
I think he reached to get Mark Ingram and, you know, they talked about how great Mark Ingram was going to be and it took three years before he was... And he ended up having some really good years, so right. I don't regret it. But, uh, but no, I thought it was a little bit of a reach at the time. The rest of that draft turned out to be terrible. pretty bad, yeah. I mean, I thought Greg Romeus had some potential, but he was always hurt. Uh, Johnny Patrick was supposed to be like a special teams guy. He was going to be this athletic cornerback. Nothing. Mortez Wilson was pretty and it turned out he was terrible. And, and and they never got anything. But Cameron Jordan and Mark Ingram were probably worth it. Yeah. I mean, Cam Jordan is one of the... You could argue when he finishes his career, Mount Rushmore of Saints players, Maybe you could so. make an argument he'd be one of the yeah. four. For sure. Great personality. Yeah, very likable. Yeah, very likable. It's my wife's favorite player. So yes. That works for me. Okay, so let's get to 2017. I mean, that's the most recent draft that kind of has... Star power, slam dunks all over the place. What, what's your initial thought just looking at the list of players they took in 17? It, it, it's going to be historically strange because, you know me, I'm not big in picking quarterbacks, which fits right into the Saints because they never pick a quarterback. Right. And I was not, and for years and years and years, I ragged on the Big 12 about not producing any good quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Another theory that I've had that is starting to change a little more, not that I'm changing, but that the league is changing and starting, is you don't, you don't ever want to pick a quarterback from a big-time program, especially if it's in the Big 12. I think you're better off picking a quarterback, I've always thought, and I still do, who was part of a, if he plays for a Power 5 team, kind of a mid-range kind of power, not one of the elite ones, but you're probably better off picking one from not a power five team. Mm -hmm. And there are, you know, many examples to support that. Well, it turns out there's one giant exception to that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we were hearing, if you remember that, that Sean Payton loved Pat Mahomes. Right. And I was like, oh no, please don't do this. And so I, I remember being at the advertiser office and people saying, they're going to pick Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, they just can't do this. Like, they just can't do this. Mm -hmm. And then the Chiefs traded up right in front of him and picked him at 10. And then they got Lattimore. And I wanted Lattimore because they needed a cornerback. Yeah, that was the guy I wanted to. They needed a cornerback. And, you know, I gave him, in my mind, he's the only kind of elite cornerback in franchise history. I still believe that. Like, I know he's had some ups and downs, mm -hmm. but I give him the nickname. That's day one from, right. from coming, coming to, to America, America because yeah. he's just – that is, he's, that was the only position at the time, what, 51-year history of the franchise or so. It was the only position the Saints never had a great player at. They've never had what I'd call a great player. And I think he was, the, for at least for a little while, he was considered a great cornerback. And, and so I don't, you know, and then Ryan Ramchek, if you remember, what's his name? Every, a lot of Saints fans wanted him to pick the linebacker from Alabama. Ruben Foster. Wanted that, wanted Reuben Foster and and Reuben Foster's done nothing. Right. So some of us have this idea that the Saints always make the wrong decision and things always don't go their way. Right. But in the Hugh Green Ricky Jackson example we talked about, like they botched the Ohio State linebacker situation in '74. Yeah. But they did not botch Ricky Jackson over Hugh Green, and they did not botch the Ryan Remchek. Ryan Remchek saved that season. Yes. No and doubt. he's been really good ever since then. Now, I thought Marcus Williams was going to be a great player. He's turned out he's a good player. And I think, and I'm very glad the Saints re-signed him. But he, he wasn't 
a, the great playmaking guy that I thought. But maybe he's still, he's still relatively young, and maybe he'll continue to make. He may had a good year last year. Yeah. So still a really solid pick. And then you know, forty one is just. I mean, he's just. He. I don't even know what to say about him. And he does things. He, he has done things since he's been here that you just. And I remember being very excited about this pick. But I was thinking. He's turned out to be way better than I thought he was going to be, right. obviously. But I wanted a guy who could catch the ball mm-hmm. and, you know, do all those kind of things that they had with Bush and Sproles that they hadn't really ever replaced mm-hmm. since they left. So he was just fabulous. Talk about Alvin Kamara. He quickly moved up my list of favorite Saints players, like faster than anybody's ever done it. I think it might have been midway through his rookie year where I'm like, Okay, this guy's one of my favorite Saints ever, and he's played five games. Yes. But it was, it was very quick. So I, I don't know if it was like that for you, but, you know, I, I think a lot of the oh, was, a lot of the recent players, I know for you when you talk about your favorite players and a lot of stuff, there's a lot of old guys. But it seems like on everybody's list, it's like, yeah, I like all of these old guys. Like, Deuce has been my favorite player forever, but Kamara's there. Like, Kamara's the top two, top three, four favorite players. So I think a lot of Saints fans are just – Kind of, it's kind of weird for us to be like, yeah, this guy. No, he's an all-time great. He's one of the best players we've ever had. Oh, he he, he is. And I was a little worried. What was that? When he had the two years ago, he played hurt the whole year. He had a great year at game at Seattle, just unbelievable. He mm-hmm. made some unbelievable plays in that game. And uh, it's fun beating the Seahawks. And and, and um, but after that, he didn't. He was hurt, and I was a little worried. But you know, he he he's still special again. Right now, Angeloni, you know, it looked like he was going to be good. Turns out he's not good. Uh, Trey Hendrickson, you know, he had a great year last year. Right. It's amazing to me how many Saints fans are all upset. I just don't think no. I don't think it was the right thing. And I still think Muhammad had a chance to be a really good player. Mm-hmm. He just was, you know, just didn't happen. But I thought that was a good pick. I was excited about him coming out of that draft. So comparing this draft, I still think eighty one's the best draft okay. ever. Okay. I but I, I'm I'm. It's close. <laughs> Between 17 yeah. and 6. It's hard. I think it's hard for someone like you to to watch these guys still playing. And, I mean, think about it. All these guys have only played four seasons. And you have 10 to 15 years of watching those other guys from 81. Right. But 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 you could argue that Jari Evans is the best guard in Saints history and Colson's the best wide receiver in Saints history. I mean, you could argue that. Sure. And likewise, you could argue that Lattimore is the best cornerback in Saints history and that Alvin Kamara is the best running back in Saints history. I mean, you could argue that. Yeah. So that's pretty close. Yeah. And then with <laughs> 81, they have Jim Wilkes. You know what I mean? Think about, like, you think about the top of that draft, which is really good with George Rogers and Ricky Jackson, but the bottom, the 12th really pick good. is Jim Wilkes. Yeah. Probably, like you said, value-wise, the best pick ever. I think you're splitting hairs between 6 and 17. One of them produce... You know, you could argue the best three-year run in Saint history. Mm-hmm. The other one produced a Super Bowl, and I still think the 2011 team is the best team in Saint history. They just didn't win the Super Bowl, right? Uh, and so, you know, I, it, I think that's a six of one, half a dozen of other situation. Anything else that you want to talk about draft-wise for Saints history? I mean, any picks, any drafts, any positions, anything at all that you want to. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to do just to get to, to run it down, most of it, some of this we've already done. I wanted to talk about, okay, who was the best player the Saints ever draft at each position? Quarterback, Archie, they haven't hardly drafted any. That's not even close. Running back, 
got Chuck Muncie in 76, who did most of his good work somewhere else. Then you've got um, George Rogers in 81 that we've talked about, Kamara in 2017, and Deuce in 2001. So who would you say was the best Saints running back pick from that group? It's got to be Alvin Kamara. I mean, it's the third round. He was a third rounder. It's got to be. It's got to be Kamara. I mean, just the if, if, if we're gonna combine and we love Deuce, we love Deuce. He's my favorite. <laughs> He's my favorite player. I think if you, when you combine, but Deuce didn't do it long enough. I don't think when you combine the production, combining it with the draft position and the value you got. I mean, you know, all every team, every team in the league passed on this guy. We yeah. even passed on him. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think when but you combine, still trade it up to get him in right. the third round. I think when you combine those things, I think it's Kamara. All right, wide receiver, uh, it's Michael Thomas. I mean, but 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 I wrote down West Chandler. I'm telling you, it was before your time. West Chandler was a great wide receiver. Mm-hmm. They drafted him number three overall in '78, and. He was worth that pick. I mean, he was really good. It's just they traded him to San Diego and he had all these great years for the Chargers. Right, right, right. Just infuriating. But he was a great player. But Michael Thomas is, you know, you got to say Michael Thomas. Second round pick and he owns an all-time NFL record. No, he's great. All right. Offensive um, tackle. I mean, offensive. Well, offensive, If we, I'm not going to do center, but the the tackle, we're going to say Rofe, although Ramchek. We're going to say Rofe or Ramchek? I think it's Rofe for sure. Now, I mean, could Ramchek get there? I, Armstead? Nah. No. I mean, he's, I mean, he's on the list. If we're doing like a top five, for sure. Yeah. But if we're picking one guy, it's got to be Rofe. Rofe. Guard, we've got to say Evans. Yes. Now, Carl Nix was a good guard in 08. He was good. He was yeah. a fifth-round pick and played. But, you you know, we're gonna, I'm guard, gonna go I have to say Evans. Tight end. I, you know, there's been mostly disappointing. By the way, 1973. You know, this tight end the Saints drafted in 1973, huh? In, in the 12th round, they drafted Paul Orndorff. Ended up being a very famous wrestler. Mr. Was the Wonderful. Saint, yeah, it was a tight end the Saints drafted in 1973. <laughs> so, Holby Brenner in 81, okay. who was a good steady player for a decade, helped the Saints in their first time they were ever a winner. And then Jimmy Graham in 2010, who was an elite player for the Saints for, what, two years? Right. Oh, I mean, he played more than two years, but for two years, he was like the best Receiving tight end in the NFL, but he didn't play for us forever. Yeah. So do you go Jimmy Graham or Hobie Brenner? See, I feel like I'm not qualified to answer that because I don't Hobie Brenner. I don't. I know. I definitely know the name just from studying, but I don't really remember him playing all that much. So I would have to concede to you on this one because I'm going to go Jimmy Graham. Well, it depends if you go in the flash or you going yeah. with a guy who could really block and catch some. You know, what I'm saying he was right. just a workman like blocking, but he started for us forever. Right. I would I would go Hobie Brenner just because <laughs> Jimmy Graham, who I loved, didn't play long enough. Yeah. But defensive end, you know, defensive end, you got Cam Jordan, obviously, mm-hmm. who could be it. Will Smith was really good. Joe Johnson was a first round pick in a uh, 13th overall pick in '94, and and you know Cameron Jordan, he held a lot of the records. Yeah. Wayne Martin was a first round pick, 19th overall in 1989. Little known player out of Arkansas. He's probably the best Saints player that no one ever talks about. Yeah. Like, you don't ever hear people bring up Wayne Martin very long. Right. Wayne Martin was really good. Kind of like the Marquise Colston of defensive linemen. Like, really good for about a decade. And he never said a whole lot. Mm -hmm. He didn't get a lot of media coverage because he didn't want a lot of media coverage. He was really good, Wayne Martin. That's a really interesting list. It's all guys that I think at some point in their career would be the would be considered would the, best. the best. And, and then, then the, the next Frank guy Warren, comes, and then Frank Warren in, in the eighty on that eighty one draft. 
So I think it's got to be Cam Jordan. Me too. But this is a really good list. Yeah. Like they, and what that means is it shows you how good of a job they've done drafting defensive ends. Right. You know, offensive tackles. Mm-hmm. That was a good list, and and this defensive end, really good list. That's a really good list. No defensive doubt. tackles. We already went over Jim Wilkes or Derlin Moore. Derlin Moore was a better player, mm-hmm. but Jim Wilkes was a 12th round pick. So it depends if you want to go the value or the player. I think I'd probably go Wilkes. Uh, and then linebacker Ricky Jackson. I mean, it's not even worth talking about. And then cornerback. Uh, this is a fun one. <laughs> Dave Waymer is all time leader in, in interceptions, so you have to give him something. He was a second round pick in okay. 1980. Um, Marshawn Lattimore, who's arguably the most talented, highly thought of cornerback in Saint history. Picked him in the 11th pick overall. And then in 2008, they drafted a second-round cornerback from Indiana named Tracy Porter. Can you think of any plays he might have made in St. Hitch? Yeah, I can think of a couple. <laughs> think of a couple. I've always said that Tracy Porter is that one guy that will never pay for a meal in New Orleans. Oh, he He'll always never. have somebody to buy him a, a And he wasn't a great player. No, he was a good not, player. Not at all. But you could argue he was responsible for the two biggest plays in franchise history. Yes. You could argue that. Yeah. I spent that entire play <laughs> looking for a flag right. to make sure that the flag didn't spoil this moment. <laughs> yeah. And then when I finally realized it, you know, yeah, I just went just, berserk. I, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. All right, safety. I think the answer is Tommy Myers. He was a third-round pick in 1972. Okay. Made Pro Bowls. Really good, hard-hitting safety out of Syracuse. Gene Atkins, though, was a seventh-round pick in 1987, and he was – you know, on a, the Dome Patrol defense, he was the hard and Fortunately, he died and had, like, concussion issues and all that because he's a really hard-hitting player. But but he was a seventh-round pick and was a huge part of the, all that Dome Patrol elite defense era. So you could argue Gene Atkins as a seventh-round pick. Tommy Myers was um, was a third-round pick and was really good for many, many, you know, about a decade, too. And he intercepted... In the season opener in, I think, 78, he intercepted Fran Tarkin and ran it back 97, 98 <laughs> yards for a touchdown. And they beat the stupid Vikings 31-24. One of my greatest victories of all time. Both of those guys easily better than Roman Harper? Uh, uh, that's a good point. I didn't write Roman Harper down. But you could argue I mean, I don't, Roman Harper helped him win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I just don't have any frame of reference for those two guys. So, I mean, I'll, I'll trust your judgment on that. I just I thought Roman, Roman Harper was... Gene Atkins was the free safety who attacked. Mm-hmm. Roman Harper was a strong safety who played the run. Um, very similar. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that's the only one that I was like Roman waiting Harper, for you to say. And- I don't know. That's I'll tell you what. This might be the toughest decision of all these. <laughs> it really might be. It might be the toughest decision of all. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I like Roman Harper. I think I'm going to still say Tommy Myers. Okay, though. that's fine. I'm not even going to mention the kicker because we all know what it is, and I don't want to say his name, and so we're not even going to yeah, mention the so kicker. Yeah, so that's that. But I'm telling you, Foot, if we continue to do this, we are going to have an episode on the man you don't want to talk about. Like, we have to. I'm so interested to hear why you have such disdain for him. I don't want to get into it now, but later on, I definitely want to find out. About you. And then the punter is obvious. We traded up for a punter. I'm like, what are we doing? Trading up for yes. a punter? Well, you know, uh, 12 years later, I know what we were doing. This yeah. guy. Is arguably Cam Jordan's the second best player of the of the um, Sean Payton era, mm-hmm. but third might be Thomas Morstead. Yeah, and he was terrible last year. He had a bad year, but his career was great and what a huge part on St. History. Yes, uh, he is a big, big 
part of the reason why they won a Super Bowl and had all the success was one more thing. Do we have time for one more we thing? Have as much time as you want. <laughs> Man, there's no time limit. Right? I don't know what time. I don't know how long we've been doing it's this. It's been a little while, but that's all right. Okay, let's roll. All right. One more thing I want to get as we go into the draft. Think this. You know, have this in mind as a Saints fan. We talked about some of this already. The 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 positions. I want the Saints to pick a linebacker. Some of us want. Most of us want. Or a cornerback. Mm-hmm. Most of us want cornerback, maybe linebacker second. Mm-hmm. The Saints history of picking linebackers is horrendous. Um, linebackers in Saint history, they they drafted in the first round, the Saints drafted five linebackers. Four of them were complete bust. You drafted five in the first round and four of them were complete bust. That is not a good number. The one that wasn't was Mark Fields. You remember Mark yeah, Fields. Yeah, definitely. Very athletic. Right. I think Mark Fields would have would have suited linebacker play now. Mm-hmm. Smaller, fast. Still kind of towards the end of that, you needed more physicality from the linebackers. But he was still a good a good pick. What, what, whatever happened to Stephon Anthony? I mean, he, he had a good year. Here's what I think happened to Stephon Anthony. He was a middle linebacker on a bad team. And he made a lot of tackles because the defensive line was terrible and didn't make any tackles. Somebody had to make the tackles. Mm-hmm. And then when they got good players around him, we realized he really wasn't that good. He just made a bunch of tackles on a bad team. Yeah. I think that's what happened. He was a first-round pick Stephon in Anthony. Yeah. yeah. With Stephon Anthony, yeah. Arguably the worst first-round pick of the, of the Sean Payton era. <laughs> the Saints drafted 20 linebackers in the first three rounds in their franchise history. And only four of them were any good out of 20 and 13 of them were total bust. And four of their five first-round total bust. In other words, this, the bottom line here is the Saints don't. And you, Stephon Anthony is one of them. Saints don't know how to draft linebackers. Right. They just, other than Ricky Jackson. Now, Ricky Jackson was a second-round pick. He wasn't a first-round pick. Yeah. But he was arguably the best Saints draft pick ever. Mm. So they had one great one who was a second-rounder. And no great ones in the first round. And 13 of their 20 that they drafted in the first round were total bust. So they don't know how to draft linebackers. Okay. That's scary yeah. for someone like me who would kind of like for them to pick a linebacker. Right. I really like the guy from Tulsa. Yeah, I don't know if he's We all get, like the guy yeah. from Tulsa. Yeah. yeah. He's good. Wide receipt, you know, running backs they've been pretty good at. 18 running backs in the first three rounds and 12 of them turn out to be really good. They drafted eight running backs in the first round and hit on seven of the eight. That's that's pretty good. That is really good. You know, they, you know, whether it's Chuck Muncie or Deuce or Reggie or, you know. Now, and I included Ricky. You know, Ricky... People, he was still a good football player. He mm-hmm. wasn't like he was a bust. I still say they hit on him. It just they gave up too much to get him, and right. he was too weird once right. they got him. Right. Offensive tackle again. They've drafted seven offensive tackles in the first round, and they hit on all of them. They have never drafted an offensive tackle in the first round. Now, I don't think Jamal Brown was. I didn't really like him, but he was still. He started for several years. And he yeah, was, I was. Yeah. I was surprised to hear you say that because I thought he was. I thought he was pretty good. I was. I'm just. Most people liked him. I just didn't like him. Okay. But still, he's a hit. I mean, he wasn't a bust. Yeah. Certainly, he started yeah. for several years. Uh, since 1985, the Saints have drafted 18 tackles in the first three rounds, and they hit on 15 of them. So they know how to draft offensive tackles. So if they draft a tackle in this draft, don't be upset right. because that's what they do best. Right, right. Offensive guards, they've they've done a good job of drafting offensive guard. Not a, they haven't hardly done any, but they for the most part they're okay at, at drafting guard. Defensive linemen, we talked about it just now. They've been very good at uh, cornerbacks. They drafted sixteen in the first three rounds. You can argue they hit on half of them. Mm-hmm. 
but some of those are iffy. So I really, I'm kind of, they're not real good at picking cornerback. Now, they've drafted four cornerbacks in the first round. Lattimore was a hit. Jenkins, it's weird because he wasn't ever a good cornerback for the Saints. Right. And then he moved on and did good. And then he's come back as a safety. So I, but I, what I do mean, you say about that? But I would definitely have to say if we're going to talk about hits and misses, I think it's a hit. Now, I mean, is he an all-time great? Maybe not. But, I mean, if Ricky Williams is a hit. And Patrick Robinson, like is he a hit as a first-round cornerback? I mean, what do you do with Patrick Robinson? I know I still don't know why he's on the team. <laughs> I mean. And like twelve years later, he's still he's on my team yeah. again, and I don't even think he's any good. Like if we're doing this podcast in twenty thirty one, would we say Patrick Robinson is a hit? Probably not. Yeah. So I would. And the other one is Alex Molden. Now you know, I'm sure you were young, but they drafted everyone. Oh, I say thought they should have drafted Eddie George, who was a really good running back. Right. And the Saints didn't have a real good running back in that era, and uh, they drafted Alex Molden. Who played pretty well. He wasn't a bad player, but he wasn't Eddie George. Right. So he's not a bust, but I guess you could say he's a hit. By the way, Alex Molden's son is in this draft. Okay. And he's from Washington. Alex Molden played at Oregon. His son played at Washington. Right. And he's not like in the top five or six, but he's in that next level. It's possible the Saints could draft Alex Molden's <laughs> son in this draft. That would be funny. I... I was definitely in the camp of wanting Eddie George. Were you as well? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I wanted Eddie George. Yeah. Yes. And he ended up having a really good career. You know, by then, at that time, Ohio State wasn't, to Saints, wasn't what they are now. But he Eddie George could have begun that yeah. whole Ohio State is right. great <laughs> for the Saints stuff. Um, and then they only drafted one safety ever, Kenny Vaccaro, who you'd have to say was a hit in that he was good. He's still playing in the league. Mm-hmm. He didn't have, you know, he wasn't great, but he was good yeah. for the Saints. yeah. He just happened to be playing in that era where they weren't real good, and he ended up going somewhere else. So it's interesting how they could be so bad on some positions, like horrendous, and then other positions like defensive ends and offensive tackles, they're great at drafting. And then other positions, they don't draft at all, like quarterback, which I like, and then like cornerbacks, and very sketchy and not real good and terrible at linebacker. You mentioned Ohio State. Any other schools kind of stick out to you as have been really kind to the Saints or really bad? Ole Miss has been pretty kind to the Saints. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people hate Archie, but Deuce is real good. You know, they had other ones like Norman Hand, and they've had some pretty good players from Ole Miss. I treated, you know, LSU, LSU, Saints have had some good players from LSU. I know the whole stigma that we talked about earlier, but USC, seems like USC's been pretty good Mm -hmm. to the Saints. Cedric Ellis. Although, Although Charles Brown was terrible, that said, that was a terrible second round pick. Yeah. You know, Sammy Knight went to USC. Um, there, there's been some USC hits over the years, uh, but no, I don't know that any. For a while there, Ohio State wasn't much, but they've had so many good players from Ohio State. They might be number one all time now, yeah. just just off the last decade. Right. Maybe trade up and get Justin Fields. <laughs> Do you know that there's never been, there's never been. A good Ohio State quarterback in the NFL ever, ever in the history of the NFL. There's and Ohio State's been good for a long time. Right. There has never been an Ohio State player who was a good quarterback wow. in the NFL. Not one. Justin Fields would be the first if he is. <laughs> Guess we'll see. I don't know if I'd want to pick him. Well, all right. But that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs>